All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow's furniture is built for the way you live from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating they always have their customers in mind their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you and with burrow you always get fast free shipping get up to 60 percent off during burrow's memorial day sale at burrow.com slash acast that's burrow.com slash acast Burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see Did you know Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. Head on You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD, that will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer is Alex Allard. This is the Canucks conversation, and I don't know if you got an energy drink you want to show us. I see the can's green, oh, yeah. so I'm hoping that you do want to show it, because I think that's always funny. What you do got- you guys think of this on YouTube, <laughs> eh? Yeah, no one can tell what that what is. The- I knew Alex is on one today, and now he's really up to it again. I got the green can, so it's not going to help. Yeah, uh, I kind of set you up for that one. Uh, my mistake, but uh, this is the Canucks conversation. We're going to talk Vancouver Canucks. Is there anything you want to get to first? Because I always yep. feel like I start... And then you come in and you start talking about energy drinks and whatnot. Back but to I tried the, to get the energy drinks off the table early. Back to the uh, cam, please, Alex. The uh, the view of outside, please. When I noticed it coming into this one, it's always a good show 
when uh, when the sky train goes by at the at the opening scene and we had one there at the start so we're going to have a good show today no matter how much uh, you try and bring us down here quads this show's going to be good because the sky train went by at the start in the intro so good stuff fair enough okay and okay let's get started Wait, i feel like shouldn't that happen every time if it, if that thing's on schedule and on time mm. and we are that's a good that point happen every time that's a really good point. You know who's not on time, though, is us sometimes. So I feel like we would be the problem a lot of that. But I appreciate uh, you for saying we and us there. Yeah. Because it's not my fault every time I'm late. No, no, no. It happens sometimes. I'm uh, always on time. No food today. I'm not eating today. Someone uh, messaged me and was like, were you eating during that for show? For people on YouTube, this is hilarious. This this is the greenest can. It's a sugar-free monster. And by the way, I so I used to always drink just like straight up monsters, the energy drinks. I have had no problem making a switch to sugar-free energy drinks because I don't know what they're... I say this all the time. I don't know what they're putting in these things. Why don't you figure it out? There's fake sugar and stuff. Yeah. I tell you, it's it's good for you. The zero sugar. This one's called Ultra Paradise. You're still going to the gym, so I'm very proud of you, mm-hmm. but you gotta, you gotta stop drinking that stuff. It's not good for you. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, the start here, I want to say this. I gotta get this in before we get going. So, our first little segment down there on the ticker. Alex's favorite thing of this whole show. He doesn't like us. He loves that ticker down there, though. What in the hell? I got to give a shout out. One of my best friend's dad, Sean McCarthy. He used to, when I played baseball, he would sit in center field, not even sit. He'd stand on the fence in center field. And whenever there was a bad play or something weird happened, you would just, he would be the only guy out there. Like just, he would be one, like, you know, like in, not like we're not playing professional baseball, but growing up, it was like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the little fence that you could like yeah. see through whatever yeah. chain link fence. He'd be out there, and if it was a really bad play, you'd hear Sean McCarthy out there saying, what in the hell? Like, you'd hear it from the outfield, just this one voice. And that's what I thought of last night watching this Canucks game. What in the hell? L. Jim jumped in the chat and said, what in the hell should be the team's slogan? And Yako Racola jumped in and said, unfinished dishes. <laughs> a lot of people got to those unfinished dishes last night because they kind of tuned out the game after 4 nothing, which I... I don't blame you. The dog rating got shut down after 20 minutes. Why? It had, that's why it's fault on that. I was ready to rock with the dog. I literally, I took my little, my dog book and I put it away. I put it away for the game and just watched the hockey for the second and third periods. Um, but what a wild game. Obviously, uh, if you're here for the news, it was a 7-6 overtime win for the Vancouver Canucks coming back from a 4 nothing deficit uh, after 20 minutes. Yeah, just a wild game. Um, I think fun. If you know, if you're in the arena, I, I got this from a couple people that uh, that are just friends of mine who like to just go to hockey games and enjoy this. And they had a blast last night. And you should have. If you're just a fan going to the arena and having a, a good time and hoping for a lot of goals, whether you're a Montreal fan or a Canucks fan, I think everyone had a good time last night because it's not like Montreal fans are are you know grasping on to needing wins and needing yeah. points. Their their understanding of where their team's at. They have a fun rebuilding team yeah. to watch. And if you're a fun rebuilding team, give you you know, give me a seven six loss every day of the week, right? Yep. Like the only the only thing that wasn't great for the Montreal Canadians was they got a loser point. So if they're a team that wants to get a high draft pick, loser point. But I mean yeah, everybody that was in the arena last night at least had some I wonder some fun. I wonder if there's anybody that left after the first period. Because yep. hang on, I, I know saw it on Twitter. There was a lot of people that stopped watching after the first period or took a break and then they noticed later in Twitter, uh, Twitterverse, that it was time to... Also, people are ripping you for the fake sugar in the chat. I'm not sure if you can see that. What, you What's a, what so I should go back to regular sugar? Uh, probably, but you should not be drinking any of those. Like, All right, well, you, you can look, have them once in a while. Here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, start my, face is out here, start my face is out here on YouTube. So I get all these people throwing advice. I don't throw any advice to all y'all. I let y'all live y'all's life. It's because I care about you. Yeah, but what? What? Sorry, is the are the ten calories going to kill me, Quads? Are the ten calories going to kill me? It's not calories. Okay, we're not talking about this. Uh, Have you seen this thing? Uh, It's like a trend on the TikTok machine, which you know I love TikTok. Yeah. Um, it's this thing where podcast hosts and just friends, whatever, they'll do like a draft. Of things, I told you I wanted to do oh, this. Did with you? you? Yeah, I okay. sent you this. Like, well, anyway, I want to do it right now. Uh, oh. We're gonna do a draft of just weird things that happened last night because last night was a weird game. I'll, I'll go first. I'll start. You didn't look and at any of the prep for the show. No, I didn't. I got all. But the, you know where I'm starting? Show here. You know where I'm starting is in the crease, Chris. Mm. With my number one pick, I'm going with Spencer Martin letting in four goals and what was it like eight shots in the first period? Yeah, something like that. And, and those weren't, you know. 
a lot of the goals that Thatcher Demko was letting in this season, hell, even Spencer Martin, you were kind of like, okay, well, that's not really on him. That was a defensive structure in front of him. But one of those was low danger. One of them was medium danger. The two high danger ones, like, again, hard to stop. But Spencer Martin stops a lot of those. And, hey, look at the other end of the ice. Mm. Sam Montempo. Remember that name? Uh, I think he had a really good performance against the Canucks in the past as well. Uh, might have been with Florida when he did that. But anyway, uh, Sam Montembeau also turning in a spectacular performance in the first five minutes, shutting down the Canucks. That was a weird thing that happened. I started in the crease. I gave you two. Yeah, I think, uh, you know what's a, another thing? So I'll do this pick. My pick would be the Luke Shen, probably the loudest hit I've ever heard in arena. Like, not even the sound of the boards, because it, it didn't look like he even used that much of the boards. The body-to-body contract that he that contact that he had on Slavkovsky was ridiculous. That was like the loudest thud that I've heard from like two bodies hitting each other in a hockey game. And that happened so early that it was kind of almost forgotten about. And also wasn't even registered as a hit because it was an interference penalty. It was an interference penalty. So it wasn't registered for a hit. Luke Shen, who felt like he was throwing the body around with a couple of massive hits, finished the night with just one hit on the night, according to the stats. So not good for Mr. 3000. He'll get 11 uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I found it funny the other day when we were asking all the players about Luke Shen becoming the, the all-time leader. And they're like, yeah, we've been bugging him to try and get 12 hits or 18 hits in a game to like just get it out of the way. So yeah, I think it was Miller that was like, if he gets under 10, we all tell him he's gone soft or yeah. something. And I, I see it in the chat there from Liam. Uh, now that I've jumped in the chat, everyone's, yeah, everyone is mad about the aspartame. <laughs> what if it's not aspartame? Could be something else. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, that that was a, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know if that was an interference call. No. And then what's this Wi-Fi guy? I can't pronounce his name, but he, he came off the bench to fight Luke Shen. I feel like that's, that's an automatic 10 game suspension, but it didn't happen last night. Like, he he did technically like have a change. Like I think the play might have still haven't been whistled down yet, but he came off the bench to fight Luke Shen, which yeah, is I a ten game was. suspension. No, I think it's a ten game if you come off. I also don't know the rule that well. Okay. I think it's a ten game if you come off and you're like the sixth man on the ice. Okay. Right? Something like that. Can I uh okay, one thing from the game, we get this up, Alex, the heat map. This, the Canucks did a good job of getting to the net. We talked about it yesterday on the show, how much I think they've struggled at just getting towards the net. The Canucks did a good job of that last night. They got a lot of their shot opportunities from in close, real close to the crease. Um, they obviously had that that big hot spot there uh, on the uh, on the left point, kind of where like the Quinn Hughes area. Riley Stillman was getting some shots towards the net as well. Uh, we saw quite a bit of that throughout the game. Like, But it felt like the Canucks were actually getting in tight getting into the net. So that, that was a good little uh, little performance in the Canucks when it came to that show to a natural stat trick for this one. But all five of those Canucks goals uh, at 5-on-5, five five, they all came from in real tight, real close to the crease. And I, it was this is the most impressive heat map that I think the Canucks have had all season long. Yeah, absolutely. Not at defending because the Canadians were all over their net as well. But for the Canucks, they're a team that normally you know shoots from distance quite often. And last night they didn't end up doing that. They were going to the net. Give them credit for that. A lot of fun in the chat right now. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah, right now there's a lot of fun going on in the chat. Um, when you're big enough to start getting the bots in the account, that's a good sign, right? It's got to be good. Yeah, good I know you us. like those bots in there. I know that's one, that's one you recognize. <laughs> like, actually, you know. probably. <laughs> uh, subscribe to the Canucks Army YouTube channel, by the way. We've got over 160 subscribers now, which is fantastic. Uh, we're really excited about that. Yeah, so, and for people who don't know, Alex, our producer, he doesn't do the clips for the show, but locked in his basement right now is the guy who does do our clips for the show. We heard him Aaron. yelling. Yeah, Aaron. Yeah, he's got him locked down there. So. Yeah, and we'd like Aaron Aaron's going to be getting the clips up over on uh, Canucks Army. That's, so, yeah, subscribe. I seen. I looked the other day, 156 subscribers. Yep. That's pretty good, right? I don't understand the subscriber numbers. I hit uh, 15,000 followers on Twitter the other nice. day. Nice. Yeah, so that was cool. That's awesome. I want to get back to that point where I was uh, double your followers. So I'm working on that again. It's been a while. I only have 7,000 something. You... I'm working. No, you're, I looked the other day. Oh, them. I checked. I want to get back to to being the double the amount for you. It shows you how much I use Twitter. I don't. How how many followers do I have? I don't know. It doesn't matter. This is um, great. Uh, great radio. Great no, podcast. Let's get content. into oh, uh, eight eight twenty three eight thousand eight hundred twenty three. Mm, it's all those uh, Seelovs takes years. Yeah. Let's get to the uh, the other one I wanted to bring up. Let's just have a look at the lines last night. We'll chat a little bit about. It. I wanted to bring up. Uh, the Kismenko dries and Garland line because just I, like I know we drew it up, it. just like we drew it up. Yeah, you know a very offensive minded line and they worked together in a bottom six matchup last night. I mean, they, they controlled a lot of the shot share in this one, uh, ended up potting a goal as well. And, and I talked to, to drives a little bit about it today of listen, we're, you know, 26 games into the season at this point. Um, Dries has kind of established himself as that three C for this Vancouver Canucks team, which like 
yeah, he hasn't uh, he hasn't been a guy who's always kind of stuck with an NHL team, but the way that this team is kind of you know putting out their top nine, like Dries is the best option right now at center, and it'll be interesting to see what happens when you know Pearson comes back from injury. Does that change anything, or what happens to the forward group at that point? But it feels like like to me like they could be riding with Dries for the remainder of this season at three C. I, I don't think there's another option that kind of sticks out right now for the Vancouver Canucks to go with. I mean, yeah. Is it kind of surprising that we're here? Yes, it is. Because, again, like, you know, yeah, it was a great night for them last night. And it was great that Kuzmenko was able to perform with Sheldon Dries as a center. Because you look at the numbers with Andre Kuzmenko with Elias Patterson and away from Elias Patterson, it's not pretty for Kuzmenko. No. It's very similar to what Besser was doing away from Patterson. So, again, like, obviously you're going to have better numbers if you play with the best center on the team, and that's what Elias Patterson is. Make no mistake about it. So, for Brock Besser, yeah, again, small sample size. I want to make that clear. But Brock Besser performs well. The fact that Kuzmenko performed well with Sheldon Dries and Connor Garland, and hey, not to take anything away from Connor Garland or Sheldon Drives for that matter, but Connor Garland, uh, as people read in the statsies this morning over at Canucks Army, actually was just posted. But um, Connor Garland had the best Corsi uh, on the team last yeah. night, and like I know it's a bottom six matchup, so he should be feasting on those for a guy that was the Canucks' best five on five producer last year, or one of their best, excuse me. Um, like you want to see that, and I, I think the biggest takeaway last night, and again. You're going to talk about, I'm sure, in the don't be blinded section of this podcast, as you've put on the ticker here. You That's don't want to. Alex, Alex likes that ticker down there. You don't want to read too much into the fact that, yeah, Kuzmenko had a great game. Like, let's see if he can sustain it, right? Like, let's see if he can have Sheldon Dries as a center, because you just made a good point. Like, yeah, Sheldon Dries is probably this team's third line center for a while. And again, for a team that came into the season looking at. Well, we've got three great centers. We've got Bo Horvat, we've got Elias Pettersson, and we've got JT Miller. JT Miller was a disaster at center this year. Mm -hmm. And they move him to the wing, and there's this talk of, well, once he gets going at the wing, his confidence will grow and we'll put him back at center. He went back to center and he wasn't much better. Yeah, I don't like, know if he's going back anytime soon. So my point, Chris, is when this team trades Bo Horvat, right, at the deadline, or, or sooner, whenever they trade him, you're looking at Sheldon Dries as your second line center. Oh wow! And, and who's coming up afterwards? And again, I, I again, the Canucks could trade. Like I, I just saw, people are looking at Colorado because Nathan McKinnon's going to be out for a bit. It looks like, you know, like new hook in a first or new hook in a second, whatever it is. You know, you go out and pick up some sort of young center and you put him there. And like, yeah, it's probably better than Sheldon Dries. And again, when we talk about this, I almost want to call it a rebuild on the fly. Because when you have Elias Patterson, Quinn Hughes, you're not doing an actual rebuild. You're doing kind of what the Habs are doing, I think. Like I, I know everybody says the Habs are rebuilding. They're building around two pretty solid pieces. And they just added Kirby Doc, obviously, as well, right? But I'm talking about Nick Suzuki. I'm talking about Cole Caulfield, right? Like, they're building around those two pieces, let's be honest here, right? And you're seeing what the Habs are capable of right now. And also, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the Don't Be Blinded section. But that was a rebuilding team that everybody's uh, taking victory laps around. Yeah. I mean, the Canucks, three of their wins over the last, uh, was it five yeah, they, games they here? Yeah, they scrape to a victory against Arizona. They mm -hmm. look awful against the Montreal Canadiens in the first period, and then they've managed to come back. But again, like that that's why I say like this idea that you have to do a full rebuild or you're not going to get a high enough draft pick. How many games does this team really win without Bo Horvat? Mm. Can we uh, quickly, do you have the line stats there, Alex? Uh, I put that one up because I wanted to get to uh, the audio that we have as well. But the quick line stats from last night, shout out Natural Stat Trick again. Um, yeah, very impressive numbers like you brought up. Uh, we were a little bit cautious going into this game about what Kuzmenko looks like because you mentioned it when he's not with Pedersen. He doesn't look very good uh, at 5-on-5 five five anyways. Still got opportunities on the first power play unit, scored the goal as well, so good for Kuzmenko. But, I, you know, a lot of what I asked Sheldon Drives was like just how important is possession time for him and the role that he's in. And, listen, they're going up against bottom six matchups, right? It's not like Sheldon Drives, Connor Garland, and Kuzmenko are going to be matching up against the top players of other teams. And when you're up against a team like the Canadians – you need to take advantage of a weak bottom six. And that's what that line kind of did last night, where if they're clicking and they're getting a little bit of chances to kind of spend more minutes in the offensive zone, you're going to see numbers like this pretty often. And uh, last night we even saw a goal. So, I mean, like to, to see them come together, uh, that was good. And, and great for Connor Garland to, to finally score a goal. I mean, this, this guy I thought was a very 
effective player at five on five last night. And uh, that's what he did all last season. So it's for him to get a little bit of a bounce back. Hopefully that's something that for him is just getting the monkey off the back and, and go from here because yeah, he's been, you know, not a lot of good luck going his way uh, up to this point in the season. Another guy that doesn't have a lot of good luck is uh, Niels Huglander. I got, oh. I asked Horvat about this yesterday and I want to run this audio. Um, so we'll run this in, in a second here, but just, I tell you, like that one that he rang off the bar on the backhand is just like how it feels like it's gone for for Niels Huglander so far this season. I asked Bruce Boudreaux about it today, um, and, and kind of all the players are, are on the same page about this. Like they would be worried if they're not getting scoring chances. Huglander's getting scoring chances, right? And the same thing with Sheldon Dries. Like the, these two players are getting scoring chances. It's just about being able to finish at the NHL level, which is so different. And, and I think of it in a... Ilya Mikheyev, right? Like, think about how many situations he gets into. We'll get to more of that, actually, in the Pedersen part of this because that line I want to spend a little bit of time on. But Huglander is just, like, something. He's snake-bitten at this point, man. Like, he can't just – he can't – so much of the wide-open net last night, and then you roof it right into the crossbar. Uh, we have the audio here of Horvat talking about it. I asked Horvat about Niels Huglander getting the scoring chances. Here's the audio uh, from post-game last night from Horvat. How do you feel about the five-on-five scoring chance creation that you guys are having? It feels like Niels is just like, like, what is it that's keeping the puck out of Oh, man, I know. I feel bad for him. I mean, he, he's doing a lot of great things, and he's, he's doing so many great things to get himself open and get his chances. I think I'd be a lot more worried if he wasn't getting his chances, and I think uh, it's just a matter of time before he's going to pot one again. And that's the thing mm-hmm. is, like, that line works well together. They it look is, really good. Nils yeah. Huglander looks good on that line. I think it's strange because I think that there's a lot of questionable decisions from the wingers when they're exiting the zone. Like, Huglander and Miller both really love to cross the ice with a pass as they're, like, I feel like even sometimes before they exit their own blue line, which really puts you in a bad position. If you turn the puck over there, the, you know, the other team's still in your zone with some bodies there. It, it makes it a little bit difficult, but I think they've been doing a better job of you know, I, I don't think that cross ice pass is a great thing for when you're like starting your breakout, but they've been doing a better job of at least crossing their own blue line. I feel like that's something that, that Huglander probably has to learn still at the NHL level of like just decision making with, I think, certain passes in certain areas of the ice. Like Miller, I don't think there's a lot of excuse for some of the passes he makes, obviously. Um, some of those blind spinning back passes to absolutely nobody aside from other players on the opposite team, like those are. Those are inexcusable, but that's I'm like we you know we kind of just accept like eh, Miller's going to do that. But like Huglander, you hope that he can continue to learn a little bit about when to because I don't know because the SHL is like that's a pass you see all the time. That's a pass that I see all the time in Swedish hockey, even Finnish hockey, just European hockey that I watch in general. Like there's a lot of just end to end because you have this little bit of extra space in the Liga specifically, and then some of the SHL leagues as well. Some of those rinks. That extra space that you have, like, gives you a chance to just, like, absolutely whip that pass across. And it gives you space to, like, you know, have the player take it off the boards. It, it just, that extra space is something that is taken away from the NHL size rink. And I think Huglander, that part needs to evolve in his game a little bit to just get get that thought process out of there and, and you know, be a little bit more committed to maybe a dump and chase situation. When you have, you know, a body like Horvat, who, yes, he's a center, but he's a player who can get in on the forecheck. A lot of the time you see Horvat be the first guy in on a forecheck. That's not something you often see from a center. That's just kind of his game. Um, and I think Huglander, once he adjusts a little bit to kind of fit better, I think you're going to really start to see some production. But he's also doing a good job of skating in the offensive zone and not just like, you know, move like not only just like, you know, full speed from end to end, but like, the movement that I'm seeing from Huglander at five on five is he's finding those open areas. And though Horvat may not be the best passer, I do think that JT Miller at times has really good vision. Uh, and I think he's finding Huglander right now, but yeah, I just can't, uh, can't seem to find the back of the net, but Bo Horvat up to 20 goals. Now 26 games into the season, Horvat's at 20 goals. The dude cannot stop scoring. I tweeted out last night that, uh, you know, Canucks are getting, I think it was the four, two goal uh, with Horvat with his 300th of the season. And people are like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> I, like, I, I clearly know that he doesn't have 300 goals. or like, it's, it's just a joke, but uh, nobody on uh, on Twitter seemed to understand that I was trying to make so, a joke. So, Bo Horvat, it's quarter season's over. Uh, sorry, I got to get to L. Jim's comment here. Huglander okay. is so snake bitten, his snake bite has a snake bite. <laughs> That's a great comment in the, on the YouTube there. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, and I 25 games through the season. Horvat's still on pace for 63 goals. Mm. What Jason Robertson is doing in Dallas right now is absurd. Like, the Rocket Richard could very well be Horvat's, if not for Jason Robertson, who is scoring at an even better pace in Dallas. And again, doesn't look like he's going to be stopping anytime soon. I am so impressed. Uh, with what I'm seeing out of him in Dallas right now. It's unbelievable. Mm. And again, not saying anything away from Bohorvat. I'm not trying to change the subject, but like Robertson's only got 23 goals in the season. I get that. But yeah, just the just, way just he's scoring goals, the way he's scoring goals, and like for Bo, it just it's like, okay, when's he going to score? With Robertson, it's like, when's he going to create the opportunity for himself to score, mm. like single-handedly almost? You know what I like about Robertson goals? And, and I just see a lot of them on the highlights. I'm not watching the Stars play. Yeah, but same. The thing that I love about Robertson's goals is like he scores and he's always just like, he's like, man, I scored again. Like it's like he hasn't like understood that he's like the top scoring guy in the NHL. He's always yeah. just like, he's kind of just like scoring goals and being like, how is this still happening? Yeah. Like, you know, like I've, it's kind of funny to watch. Um, watching play. Uh, there was a, a comment I want to get to a little bit ago from Zabero. Uh says, what's your guys' opinion on Jack Studnika? I haven't watched much of him the last few games, but from what I've seen, looks like he can be a solid fourth liner that can put us on points. I found it interesting that they almost immediately made a quick change um, from Lazar, who played the left wing for one game. They quickly switched to Studnika, um, who's going to play the left wing. He also said that he likes it a lot more on the left side. And Lazar talked about how he hated and it. And Lazar <laughs> does not like it there. So I think that it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward. I did talk to Bruce Boudreaux this morning, um, and he said that Dakota Joshua likely is coming back into the lineup. So we should see Joshua uh, tomorrow in San Jose, and I think Studnika is probably the the odd man out there. But I am still curious to see what does happen with Niels Amon. I mean, yes, he, he had a really great start to the season. He's kind of quieted himself a little bit, but you're starting to see a lot more production from guys like Joshua. Studnika obviously scores the goal last night, and I don't think you're taking Lazar out anytime. I'm curious if they go give Niels Amon a healthy scratch here soon because listen, not because of bad play, but also Bruce talked about it today that um, even Sheldon Drys might not be a guy who's in the, in the lineup tomorrow. He's not even, it's kind of an interesting little quote from Boudreaux today where he mentioned like, I'm not even sure what the roster is going to be like tomorrow. Cause like, well, Lanin gets sent down. Yeah. And I don't think he means so much like a trade's coming or anything, but it just was interesting that he mentioned that because I don't know, just like, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of quotes that, uh, lean towards a disconnect between what's going on with management and what's going on with the coaching staff. And this is not a new thing, but it's just like these little quotes that you hear from, from Bruce specifically, because he's the one we talk to every day. It's not like we talk to Rutherford every day because that would be, you know, be the way that Rutherford talks about Boudreaux. It would be quite, uh, you know, it would turn into one of the teen dramas from the early 2000s with all the beef being thrown around. But uh, yeah, just we'll see what happens um, tomorrow. But I do expect Joshua, like Bruce Boudreaux said, uh, to get, uh, I think he's going to be back in the lineup. And we asked about uh, Travis Dermott as well, because um, I asked him, say, hey, looks like Dermott's having fun again, right? Like when he was in that non-contact jersey, he was out there. But today specifically, I saw like Dermott's back to having fun. And you saw him in the summer skates out there in Burnaby. He's a guy who's like loud, smiley all throughout practice. And uh, you kind of saw that again today. So I was like, oh, you know, like he's, it looks like he's being back to his regular self, which is really good. Obviously recovering from a concussion is tough. Um, so 
to see him at least be like back in that good mood again about being on the ice. That was nice to see. So I, I, I do expect that we'll probably see Dermot here pretty soon. I know Boudreaux said there's not really a date in mind just yet, but uh, he said the more that Dermot's smiling, the closer he probably is to, to getting back in the lineup. And there was a lot of smiles today from Dermot. So that's, that's kind of a, a good news. Cause listen, there's a lot of questions on what's going on. That third pairing on the left side, obviously Stillman had two points last night. That's great. Uh, but I also think there's a lot of questionable plays from Stillman early on in the game and those four goals against. Um, so so Dermot's going to help that third pairing. When he's healthy, I think he's got to go straight in there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, th- there's some interesting decisions coming. And again, I texted you this over the weekend, the idea of addition by subtraction, right? And the last time that... You should read really... your text to me between uh, 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. Hey, on the weekend on Saturday night. I'm sleeping during those read hours. Those. Yeah. I'm sleeping. Um Oh, on Your brain was sleeping, but your body was moving. <laughs> okay, anyways, um, what was I even saying? You threw me off. Oh, yeah, addition by subtraction. And again, like the big time that I think we really saw this was with the Vegas expansion draft when it was like, the Golden Knights are going to take Spiza. The Golden Knights are going to take Spiza from the Canucks. This is perfect. And sure enough, they did. They took Lucas Spiza off the Canucks, and mm. I don't think the Canucks were much worse off uh, for it. A guy who Jim Benning once said was going to be a top-four guy in that Ryan Kessler trade uh, coming back. Got to love Spiza pizza. Um, <laughs> Tanner Pearson. When Tanner Pearson returns, who comes out of the lineup? And are the Canucks better for it? Like, so people are talking about Jack Studnika all of a sudden. I know he just scored one goal, right? I get that. But Jack Studnika in the lineup instead of Tanner Pearson is closer to what this team should be doing mm-hmm. than having Tanner Pearson in the lineup. I yeah. don't think the Canucks are much worse off having Jack Studnika in the lineup. And no. this isn't a glowing review of Jack Studnika. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't think they're much better off long-term or hell even short-term that with having Tanner Pearson in the lineup and plays Jack Sidnika. Yeah, and I think what Boudreaux really likes on that fourth line is, and you can kind of see it from the guys who you know even skate on there consistently, is like he likes his players on the fourth line to be long. He likes that Neil Zalman is like long, has you know a guy who's lengthy, has a good long stick for for poke checks and kind of taking up space. Studnika has that. Like he is yeah. like he, he's a right shot guy, play left side, play some center as well if you need it to. And um, he's, but he is, he's 23. He's, got length. he's 23. Yeah. Let, let, like, give him, give him some runway. You got nothing to lose here. Mm-hmm. Again, like, and I know people are, people are throwing out uh, playoffs. The Canucks goes to the playoffs again. No, let's no. not do this again. No, not yet, not, at least. Let's we'll not do this again. Don't be blinded yet. to uh, two ticker points away. So let's get to uh, the next thing. Elias Pettersson. We got to talk about Pettersson last yeah. night. Uh, three points last night. Puts up 32 points now in 26 games after that three-point performance. Just been excellent, man. I tell you, it, it's... You watch this guy, and it felt like it yesterday. We'll get to the quote here from Boudreaux in just a second, so you can tee that up, Alex. Um, but what Pedersen was doing last night with, like, the back check, just I, I felt like he was dragging that line into it last night. And listen, McKayev gets two goals last night. I don't think he's being talked about as having, like, the best game of that line, even even putting up two goals. Like, it was, to me, just watching Pedersen care that much about that game. You felt like this guy was a leader, and uh, actually I asked Bruce Boudreaux about um Pedersen last night in the leadership let's let's hear from Boudreaux and then I'll let you uh come out of this so this is Bruce Boudreaux talking about uh Elias Pedersen and the leadership that he does from his play on the ice you talk about leaders of this team just the way that Pedersen skates on the back check does things in overtime creates turnovers how much of a leader does he become just from his play well that's that's how you become a leader you don't Leader isn't leadership isn't necessarily talking. It's it's doing doing stuff on the ice and whether it's blocking a shot at the the big time. I mean, jumping in to help a guy or or just playing as hard as Petey's been playing. That's that's leadership. It is that is leadership. And again, you keep thinking about you know what does it mean when uh, you truly become a leader of a team? And you talk to teammates of Sidney Crosby's, for example. I'm not saying Elias Patterson, Sidney Crosby. Uh, Connor McDavid, same sort of deal. You talk to the players in those teams, and the mark of, I think, and there's many. I'm not trying to say there's only one right answer. The mark of when a guy really becomes leader is when his teammates, one, want to play for him, and two, really don't want to let him down. Like, you know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, all these guys that have come out of nowhere and just been really good with Sidney Crosby. Like Jake Gensel, for example, right? Like, Jake Gensel is going to try his very hardest when he's playing with Sidney Crosby. If you're getting that opportunity, first of all. But second of all, a big part of it is just how Crosby carries himself. Players don't want to let him down. Like, players don't want to not perform, right? And again, like, 
it's for different reasons with different guys, but I think you're seeing that more and more with Elias Pettersson. Like, you're starting to see that, I think. Yeah, like, when and again, this progression of becoming a leader, I think that's one thing you're starting to see with Pedersen. I think when you see your star putting in that much effort, yeah. you have to. Because you're thinking like, oh, like, I, I do think that Brock Besser, like, he's he's clearly moving his feet at a higher pace over the last couple. Of games. He's moving his feet more. He's getting into good spots. And I think that specifically what you brought up there, you know, with the, with the Crosby example, that's a little bit of what Besser's doing right now. It's like, hey, I've been, you know, I've been bounced around the third line. I haven't been on the, the power play, like, I, I'm with Pedersen now. I, I've got to play well. I've got to focus on every shift. I've got to be as engaged as he is. And I think that's the thing that I talk about when, when I say Pedersen dragging his line into the fight is like, you said it, like it, it's basically like you, you know, when you're, when you're a star of the team, I think that other players look at you and they say, mm, I should at least be working harder than him. Like, right. Like I, I don't have all the God given talent that Elias Pedersen has. I better work hard and when he's working that hard, it, it raises everyone else's level. And, like, that line's working, man. Like, Mikheyev, it's weird. He's not, like, there's nothing, like, that you see about Mikheyev in the offensive zone, and you're like, damn, that's super impressive. Like, you know, it's like his shot's not that great. It doesn't have a good finish on it. He doesn't have, like, a uh, an ability to even, like, deke very well, but he's just such, like, a a good north-south skater that also kind of understands the areas of the ice. I think that's what we're seeing from him. And listen, the the finishing still isn't incredible. Like, I don't think he he would probably be even happy. Like, how many chances does he get a game from just an incredible pass from Pedersen? Like, he gets one a game, right? He doesn't score every game, but he at least gets one of those quality grade-A chances uh, from a great Elias Pedersen pass at some point to him. So, I mean, like, he, he does fit well, and I do think that, the best part about Mikheyev's game to me is like how defensively sound he is like through and through in the defense's zone. You never see Mikheyev. You don't watch him and think, Oh, look, that was a bad play. Like he lost his man. He, he doesn't do that. Like yeah. he is, he is extremely just locked in, in his own zone. And he's a player that you don't worry about ever defensively. Like it just feels like he's, he's solid. He's just solid defensively. Uh, and the fact that he can work well with a great passer like Pedersen, like that's why Mikheyev's the guy who's going to stick with Pedersen when you start to see the lines get shuffled? Like, because Menko's the first to go because Mikheyev does things at both ends of the ice that make sense with Pedersen. Pedersen's defensive intelligence works well with Mikheyev's ability to just not ever be out of place defensively. Like, he he fits really well defensively with that line, and I do think that having Besser there, yeah, this is, you know, pressure is pushed on the Brock Besser here, and he's, I think he's looked good so far, like, since playing with Pedersen. Absolutely, and again, you're looking at a guy, and again, I just talked about Kuzmenko in the last segment, about how Kuzmenko's numbers suggested that he was a guy who could probably really only succeed if he was playing with Pedersen. Small sample size, like I said, succeeded with Sheldon Dries and Connor Garland last night. Brock Besser didn't when he was in that role, right? right. And yeah. Brock Besser, I think it's safe to say, like, you know, I, I know Brock gets, uh, you know, he, especially in years past, he's getting a lot of credit as, oh, well, he's starting to drive plays, starting to do good things defensively, and that's fine. But I don't think Brock's shown that this year. Like, I think Brock's pretty clearly a guy who is a really good shooter but needs to play with guys who can get him the puck with time and space in order to be that really good shooter. And I think the only guy on this team that he's going to find that success with is Elias Pettersson. And maybe Bo Horvat, but again, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think right now that's kind of what we're seeing with Elias Pettersson. I know, again, small sample size, but Brock's got to play with Pettersson right now. Yep, I think so too. And I think, you know, there's times where Bruce has talked about this as well. Of just like he knows that players that like each other, he likes to put them together because he thinks they have good chemistry. And like this is the thing with these two players is like you are going to get more space for Brock Besser when he's on a line with Elias Pettersson. He talked about it last night when we asked him uh, in the morning skate. And like, yeah, th- that's exactly it. Like when Besser does have a lot of space and is like the second best shooter on the line that a team's watching out for, and then you also add in like the the streaking quick scoring chances that Mikheyev creates. Like there's going, this is the situation for Brock Besser where he's going to have the most space possible to get his shot off. I think at five on five, like no other line combination you could put together that would probably give him more space to get yep. shots off. I think this situation is going to be the one where you're going to see big opportunities if a if a play is made from you know McKayev going down, then getting it off to Pedersen, Pedersen making a move and finding Besser. That's going to be the best opportunity for him to score at five on five. So he's got to step up here, right? Like, he hasn't had a good start to the season. He's putting up a lot of points, a lot of secondary assists. 
Um, hasn't really scored a lot of these typical Brock Besser goals that we've seen, yep. but he has shown just like a little taste of it and a little taste of some good things over the start of the season, but he's been a third line player all year. Yep. So now this is the time where, yeah, he, you know, should kind of look at this as pressure. Like it should be known that like, Hey, this is the, you got to step up here in this situation because I don't know how many more opportunities you're going to get to just be put into a top six role if you continue to play like this. So this is the time where, yeah, there should be some pressure on Brock Besser. And obviously there's some heat from a lot of people like online that, you know, don't like what Besser's done so far this season. And clearly the the numbers kind of back that up defensively on him being one of the worst now uh, in the league at being goals against per 60. Like this, this isn't just like a, a thing that a lot of people are just like picking a player and deciding to hate on them. Like, yes, he's been on the ice more than any other player in the NHL for getting scored out at five on five. That's, this is just the, this isn't an opinion. This is the numbers saying that. So he, he's in a spot right now where he really needs to just grab onto it and stay there and produce. That's the biggest thing is you're in this spot to produce. So Brock needs to step up right now, though. He's still not on the first power play unit. You're at five one five with probably the best creator of offense. We just talked about Patterson's 32 points in 26 games. How much of that is at five on five, right? Like that's the thing that's so impressive about Patterson. You need to be able to contribute to that and make sure that this line is running because it does have a capability to be a very high scoring line. Uh, and I think matching up against these teams like San Jose and Montreal and these teams that are in the bottom of the league, like these are the ones where you need to pick up points, right? Like you need to be putting up five on five points in the situation and Brock Besser's got to step up right now and do that. No disagreement there. I think you're bang on, especially about stuff about playing with Pedersen. Like mm. you, you have to not only seize that opportunity, but hold it. And again, like for all the talk of, well, the Canucks didn't need this player. The Canucks didn't need this player because it's keeping guys out of the top six. Hey, at least you've got a guy knowing that there's someone on his heels to take his spot in the top six. Like mm-hmm. you talk about country club this is how you get rid of that country club mentality. Right. And again, you talk about a guy like Bo Horvat, right? Where you see him back checking and Elias Pedersen as well. You see him back checking. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, there goes your country club. Yeah. Exactly. And a good one from uh, L. Jim in the chat as well. Pete even skates hard back to the bench. JT should take notice. Yeah. Well, no, but seriously, watch Pedersen skate. I don't know. No. I I hope, I think you should be able to see this on the broadcast, but we can 100% see it from the press box because we're right above the bench. You can see Pedersen skate to the bench hard. He doesn't take a shift off. No, and he makes an effort to get to the bench quick. It's different than a lot of other players on this team for sure. A lot of Uh, players. I know you want to get to. the player that uh, Patterson stripped in overtime last night. Oh yeah, I tweeted it was a great yeah. tweet. I, mm-hmm. One of my best for sure. Uh, Mike, that's Matheson, why you got eight thousand followers. Mike Matheson, uh, the guy who body slammed Patterson. What was his third game in the league? It was really early. Mm-hmm. Um, promising start from Patterson, and then he gets body slammed to the ice uh, by Matheson. Matheson got a two game suspension, I want to say, um, and Patterson was concussed on the play. It was a vicious like. You know, I remember back then watching that. I don't even know who it was. It was someone in some guys in Ontario. Uh, I think it was the TSN guys. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, just talking Probably about Alex. No, not Alex. Uh, they were talking about like, how is this a penalty? What is this league becoming? Where he got, you know, the can opener lifted up onto the boards and slammed to the ice. And you know what? That was when I was really, really into reading Botch. And I remember mm. Botch didn't hold anything back about that. Like, Botch was so vocal about how that was a garbage play. It was. Uh, it absolutely was. So it was nice to see. Four years in the making. Yeah. Uh, Elias Pettersson makes Matheson look like a dummy. Mm. Uh, Matheson toe-picked, by the way. Like, people were like, oh, oh he yeah, tripped yeah. him. No, Matheson lost his footing. Was so embarrassed. Told Nick Suzuki to go cover Pedersen. Oof. Nick Suzuki, not much of an athlete himself. Uh, okay. The moment's too big for him. That's a joke, folks. Elias Pedersen goes in, and that goal Pedersen scored it was a nice one. Oh. Like tucked it, tucked it home. Put it your shoulder nice down. Goal. Go to it was the a nice net. goal. It was great. I liked what we saw there, and I think uh, you brought it. I think uh, our friends over at C Four Podcast they have the uh, they have that clip in their one of their segments as well. Shout out to uh, Chris and Anna. There you go. They got that. Uh, okay. That Toronto media talking about it. Okay, let's get to the uh, don't be blinded section mm-hmm. uh, here. Okay, now. This is interesting because you saw the tweets. Some people kept him in the drafts, right? After being down 4 nothing, the tweets of just change something. This team is garbage. Something's going on. This is awful. This this team needs change, right? Like, this team needs to have some change immediately. And again, I I don't think coming back win like and winning that game changes much about that. Like, I still think there are changes that need to be made. But, like... I look at that game last night, and I just hope that, and again, I know you wrote this, the don't be blinded part, but 
I just hope that fans still because you can enjoy wins. Like who who didn't like watching that game last night? That was a fun game to watch. It's mm-hmm. fun to watch chaos. That was the most chaotic win we've seen from the Canucks all season. It's fun to watch games like that. It's yeah. absolutely fun. But building off of like being down four nothing is a good thing. For absolutely, the team. that's a good but, comeback. But. It's not a good enough comeback for you to say, well, maybe they don't need to rebuild. Maybe they can just ride it out with this team. Maybe this team, look how much heart they showed against Montreal. They came back and won. We can do this. And again, I'm not saying there's a lot of fans that do this, but there is one very important fan who has a bit of a history of doing this, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. And you just hope that internally in that organization that there's still... Not this idea when there's wins like this, when there's OT wins against Arizona that, you know what, maybe this team can be fixed. Like, maybe this team can just be fixed in a flash. Like, maybe we don't need to sell off at the deadline. Maybe we can move move a Brock Besser for nothing and then get the cap space to extend Bo Horvat, and then we'll keep this team's leading goal scorer. Maybe that'll work. Like, you can't lose the plot and you can't get blinded by this win, right? Because You should not be getting blinded from... Beating the Coyotes, who are the fifth worst team, the fifth worst team in the uh, that's a tongue twister. Mike Tathan. fifth worst. That's a tough one. The fifth worst team in the NHL. You beat them in overtime. The Sharks, the second worst team in the NHL. You beat them in overtime. The Canadians, the twelfth worst team. So like a little bit better, middle, sort of near the middle of the pack. But they're also playing, I think, above what even they probably expected. Um, overtime wins against these teams shouldn't make you be like, yeah. Now we're we got a playoff it. team. Yeah. You know, that big win over the Sharks. Now we're a playoff team. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think that, like, that's we touched on this, I think, a couple, even yesterday, maybe the show before. But, like, are you confident the Canucks are going to go into San Jose, who have the second worst points percentage in the NHL? Are you confident they're going down there and winning tomorrow? Like, I'm not confident. San Jose's got going the best penalty kill in the league. Did you know that? I feel like I remember seeing that a while ago, yeah. Yeah, they have the best penalty kill in the league. That's impressive. That's not a good matchup for the Canucks. No, that's not good for them. San Jose's power play isn't great, but the Canucks' penalty kill isn't that great either. No, and that's the thing. You just can't be blinded by those type of wins. You can't And even if they win tomorrow, you can't come in here on, what is it, Wednesday? Yeah, Thursday, when Mm -hmm. we come in and talk about that game. You can't come in here and be like, well, there, there it is. There's everything you need to see from this team. Everything's fine. This core, you can circle it back next year. Like, no. Do something at some point and have, just have some sort of plan. I think that's all anybody wants to see. And I hate to sound like a broken record. No, but also but it's it not just to. a plan, but it's also like to stay on the course of that plan. Yes, exactly. It yeah. starts with having a plan. But it, the second thing is making sure that the rope is being pulled in the same direction that that plan is the way that you want to have as your final destination. And to me, it just like, I think I wrote this in the mailbag the other day. It's just, it feels like right now it's like, the final destination that you're like pulling towards you, but there's just like, it feels like the organization's like pulling on multiple ropes. Like, yeah, we want to get younger and build to be a playoff contending team, but yeah, we also want to win right now, but also like we, our goaltenders out for six weeks that like carried our team a lot for last year, but also it just feels like everything's being pulled in a different direction and nothing. If they were all together, this organization from the top down, like, you know, coming from the president that this is the plan. So he tells his general managers, his general managers tell their staff, their staff talks to the coaching staff, the coaching staff, you know, coaches what they can around the players to make the situation know that like, this is the plan. That's how your organization comes together. You need to have, you just need to have this team be on the same page. Like that synergy through an organization is so crucial to what teams do. And it's not just about teams that are good. Right, like you need the synergy on teams that are in rebuilds as well. Like you think that the Montreal Canadiens, like it feels like their organization understands what's going on. The young players are getting opportunities. They're also looking at this like, hey, we're also going to be maybe moving some guys that might have an opportunity to go win somewhere else. Like there's a big discussion right now in the Canucks uh, Twitter sphere of like, we need to keep Luke Shen. Not today. It's like, we're not doing this today. We'll talk about. Okay, it we'll day. do the Luke Shen thing tomorrow. But yeah. it's like that, you know, like synergy. Synergy. Need the synergy. Let's get to our bet. Absolutely. Okay, get to it. Betway. Betway, Betway, Betway. I got called out earlier because, yeah, they mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> someone said uh, it was a knucklehead, I think, was giving me crap, saying that uh, I didn't say Betway enough uh, on the episode with Harm, which was probably true because, uh, yeah, I get, to, I get straight to the point with Harm. 
I waste too much time with you, so you're the problem, actually, Quads. Uh, but Betway, 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 let's get to it. There it is on the screen, Betway. Um, just swiped across the stage, Betway. 18-plus, uh, bet the responsible way, Betway. Uh, Seattle Kraken to win and Jared McCann to score a point in this one. You get that at plus 125. So the Kraken, the Kraken are rolling, okay? They're getting Montreal's coming into town after losing that game last night to the Canucks. I looked at, I, I might have this not 100% correct, but I feel like it's, um, no, I think I do. The Seattle Kraken, 15, 6, and 3. It's weird to say that out loud. Like, I know that the Kraken are doing well, but like 15 wins, 6 losses in regulation, and 3 overtime or shootout losses. They are rolling, man. Uh, so I got uh, the Kraken to win and McCann to score. You get that plus 125. So you just need a point for McCann. He's put up a lot of points this season as well. Uh, and then Matty Beneers or Jordan Eveley to score in this one. I hit on the or, like the uh, the goal score or, or, you know what I'm saying? Last night I hit on that with the Miller Kuzmenko. We got the Kuzmenko hit. Um, tonight, Matty Beneers, uh, he's got five goals in his last six games. He's kind of rolling right now and just throw in Jordan Everly. I think you might get one from either of these guys. And, you know, uh, the Montreal Canadiens gave up a lot of goals last night. So uh, coming into this back-to-back uh, with Seattle rolling. And also Seattle won seven games before losing their last game. So they want to get back to that winning way uh, and continue to run the Pacific Division. So, uh, yeah, I think you're going to get some from there. So I feel good about both these ones. So that's our Betway, Betway, bets of the day, Betway. Betway. Just to correct and today, you. my video I put out. Boom! First take. I even I left it in the video. Too. You nineteen plus, not eighteen plus. Nineteen plus. Nineteen plus. This is in Alberta. Ah, that's right. Nineteen, 19 plus. plus to play. Nineteen plus. That way. That way. That way. That way. That way. Okay, you ready to wrap it up here? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll wrap. Did you it see up my there. video today? I, I when I do a thing on the first take, I leave. I say I leave it in there. First take. Beauty. Okay. No, I didn't see it. I don't watch all of them, but I watch some of them. Okay. I don't think you watch any of them. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, for my co-host, Chris Faber, and our There's technical the sky producer. Train. Yeah, there it is. Our Look technical producer, Alex Lard, who cut to the SkyTrain on time. Alex there. knew it was coming. He's got his schedule lined up. <laughs> my I name is David Quadrelli. It's on its schedule. We're on schedule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. SkyTrain. There's another one. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation Delivered by DoorDash Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt Now imagine them getting even softer over time That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets In a recent customer survey 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 